Once again, everyone, <clears throat> excuse me if I clear my throat, I don't have an intro again today. Bummer, right? I need to get my shit together. I know, I know, I know. I played Backstreet USA a couple weeks ago on my show to open the show, and of course, you know, I haven't followed it back since. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get right into this today, and welcome everyone to another edition of Conversation with Shelby Green. I am your host, the main man, Shelby Green, and I must admit, I appreciate everybody's support. I want to let you guys know that we are officially at a total of 949 downloads for the show as a total and in the month of january we were at 64 downloads 57 was the previous month of december november was 95 and of course october was 190 so we're trending in the right direction we're better than we were in december so that makes me very happy also i didn't do a lot of work in december obviously i took some time off but i'm back with it baby we're gonna get rock and rolling so got a lineup for you guys to talk about today and this is what we got so far and these are the things i wrote down for my notes today because i got something planned for you guys this weekend obviously with the royal rumble coming up so I'm not going to try and do a big-ass episode today. Just something quick to get out for Wednesday like I normally do. But this is what we got. Got a little NFL playoffs recap to talk about. We got the WWE just struck a new big deal with Netflix. TKO has announced that The Rock is head of their board of directors. Preview for the Royal Rumble. We're going to talk about WWE 2K24. EA Sports College Football has got some news as well. And a trade to the Indiana Pacers with Pascal Siakam. I will state this real quick. Um, I said some things a couple weeks ago on the podcast or last week about the Louisville media and the things they've done. And I'm going to make this real clear. I'm not going to talk about the media no more. I'm just gonna not going to talk about it. Um, I am at this point so sick and disgusted. I'm tired of arguing with people. I'm tired of getting thrown in my face that I'm wrong about Kenny Payne. I'm just tired of it, man. To the point it's just like... I'm going to look up from now five years and now, and Louisville's going to be in the same position it's in because the media and this fan base has not stopped. People are hurt, they're saying. People are hurt. They, they feel the right. They feel the right to attack Zane Payne the way they did over the weekend and just things like that, the things I said about Zane Payne, you know, all this other shit. And I really believe this wholeheartedly that some people in this world deserve to talk about sports and some people just don't. And... I'm not going to address it no more. Whatever happens, happens at this point. They're playing Duke tonight at 7 o'clock. I was actually going to plan on doing a recording, a live recording of me watching the game, but I didn't think that would work well. I didn't think it would mesh. So we're going to rock and roll with this, ladies and gentlemen, and we're going to get right into the, the topics. And let's and guys, let's just shock the world tonight. Still want to beat Duke. If you don't, then on to the next one, fellas. Keep your heads up, guys. Good things are going to come. Go cards. Now let's get right into it. Also, I want to thank everybody from the God, the card, the card, the, the God, the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast and the Ringside podcast for the support too. It means a lot. I'm going to get on those shows here as soon as I get a chance. Man, it's been very, very hectic. It's been a hectic last couple days for me. All right, we're going to talk about NFL playoffs. Baltimore Ravens took care of the Houston Texans in the divisional round, and I will state this: Lamar, 250 yards total offense. Four total touchdowns, two through the air, two on the ground, playing out of his mind. Lamar doing his thing. The Houston Texans are just young and was there. I'm going to stay this right here. I'm going to talk about the Houston Texans for a little, a little bit. I've been on the record on this show and in my personal life. I've said outside the show. When I say personal life outside of the show, 
I have stated before and before and before and before that C.J. Stroud was the best player in that draft this this past year's this this draft, and I continue to say it from his poise in the pocket, his arm strength, his ability to read defenses, the the fact he can take a big risk but not big enough to turn the ball over. C.J. Stroud is all that and then some, man. Straight up, I really believe it, and. I still believe, and I think D'Amico Ryan's done a hell of a job. We talk about Coach of the Year candidates. I really believe this. D'Amico Ryan, in my opinion, should get Coach of the Year. I really do. He took a team that was picked fourth in the NFL draft to taking a rookie quarterback and had him in, at some points in MVP conversations, considering until he got hurt, and they won 10 games, won their division, and won a playoff game. I mean, how can you not be coach of the year, in my opinion? I know Dan Campbell for Detroit's probably the favorite, probably going to get it, but D'Amico Ryan deserves it, man. I really believe it. But I must, and I'm going to go on record, too. If the Houston Texans, as I grab my tumbler and take a swig of my Milo, my Milo Zero Sugar Tea, man, that stuff's good. Man, it's good. If they continue to add pieces around C.J. Stroud, I truly believe that they can get to the Super Bowl within five to six years and possibly win it. I really believe it. I think they're young. I think they got a lot of energy. I think D'Amico Ryan is getting the most out of those guys, and I like what they're doing. I really do. And if I'm in the AFC South, I'm the Jaguars, Colts, or the uh, Tennessee Titans, I'm worried because C.J. Stroud looks like a guy that's going to be a top-five quarterback within the next two to three years or in that conversation. Kid's got a lot of talent. Now let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens. I think Baltimore's the team to beat. I just think they are. Offensively, I think they're they got everything they want. I think Lamar is playing out of his mind right now. I think Lamar's gonna win the MVP. He should, in my opinion, at this point. Um, I think his receiving core is the best he's had all year long in his whole time in the NFL. I also think they're running the ball very efficiently. I mean, they threw the ball sixteen for twenty out twenty out for a they, ugh, I can't even talk. Sixteen out of twenty two, one fifty two and two TDs. But they ran the ball for 42 carries for 229 yards. You run the ball like that and don't turn the ball over and you get stops on defense, you're not losing games. And that's how you win football games. Grinding in the playoffs, people always think you got score, 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 score. It's not that. You literally have to grind games out. In postseason play, even in the NBA, and, and you gotta grind games like you gotta get a defensive stop, you gotta get a big rebound, you gotta make a big play. There's more than just scoring or just run up and down the field. There's things you gotta do. You gotta grind teams out, and I think Baltimore is one of those teams where if you get down early with them against uh, down, you're down two scores against them. You might look up and realize, wait a minute, guys, it was just two, we were just down two scores for five minutes ago in the second, the first quarter, and now it's the beginning, the beginning of the third, and we're down, we're down three scores. You know what I mean? Like. There, it's a situation where you can be behind quickly with these guys. So I think Baltimore's going to win it all, and I'm rooting for him. And I can hear it now. You're a Steelers fan. How are you rooting for Baltimore? Let me make this real clear to you. I've said this a thousand times in public. I've said this a thousand times with in functions with people. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again as I move my microphone back. If you, I'm trying to get a distance because I'm technically laying on my laying on my bed right now because I don't have a desk right now to set my platform on. I was going to do it in the living room, but my washer and dryer is going right now, and it's loud as hell, so it wouldn't work. So, I, back to what I was saying. I get it all the time. You're a Steelers fan. Like, 
how are you going to, let me explain this to you. I'm all about Blitzburg, man. I am a Steel Curtain fanatic. I know the history of the Steelers. Six Super Bowls, multiple Hall of, uh, got their, basically got their own wing and can with the Hall of Fame. Three coaches in the last 60 years with a winning record. I mean, and everyone's got a Super Bowl. I get it. I understand it. But let me tell you something about the Baltimore Ravens. Even before Lamar got there, I've always... Baltimore's our, our biggest rival, but I've never hated Baltimore. I've always respected Baltimore. Now, the Bengals and the Browns can eat a dick as far as I'm concerned. I've never, I, as a fan, as I actually know a, a Browns fan who's a really good friend of mine outside of him, or a couple of them outside of them. Cleveland, Cleveland Brown fans aren't really assholes, but they're, they're very, they hold a grudge, man, because they've been down so long, so I get it. So I'll take that back about the Browns. But the Bengals, fuck the Bengals. I've said before, I cannot stand the Cincinnati Bengals. I never have liked the Bengals. I don't like their fans. I don't respect anything about the Cincinnati Bengals. Never have, never will, never said, never could. I just do not like the Cincinnati Bengals. And I, I will stand. I just don't like them. I just don't like them. And I, I continue to stand that ground on that. Who day? Well, they're who day sitting at home in the playoffs with a nine and eight record. The, the Bengals. And, and I mean it. I, I just cannot fathom the Bengals. I just can't. But Baltimore, I've always respected. I mean, I grew up watching Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, and Terrell Suggs on fucking defense play against the Steelers. I mean, how could you not respect that group of guys? And Todd Heap, a tight end, and John Maul Lewis, a rock uh, at, at running back with Willis McGahey for a while. And Flacco had his little run. Steve Air McNair played a little while. Like, I had a great arrow growing up watching that rivalry, man. And that's the way it is. And the Mar thing, man, here's the thing. There's the reason why I root for that guy. I don't see Lamar Jackson in a Baltimore Ravens jersey. I see Lamar Jackson in a Louisville Cardinals uniform. I don't understand why it's so hard for people to, under, to grasp that. If anybody really knows who, who I am or where I'm from, you would understand. I'm from the Derby City. I'm from the 502. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Lamar Jackson is the greatest athlete I've ever seen in my lifetime walk the streets of Louisville, Kentucky and play at that university. Now, obviously, the the, the biggest athlete ever to come through Louisville is Muhammad Ali. Let, let's know shape. But I'm saying in my lifetime, I've seen Lamar Jackson walking on the streets. The man who, who, if he gets out of his car, is walking down the street. It's like, you know who Lamar Jackson is. I mean, they got a thing. I believe it's still up when the day his jersey retires, Lamar Jackson Boulevard, where you where you walk onto the, where you walk into the campus. Walk on the campus, walk into the stadium, excuse me. Lamar Jackson has done everything. Only thing Lamar never did in Louisville was win a national title. And he came, and I'll be honest with you, there was a couple of times where I really thought we were going to pull it off in his sophomore year, and Lamar had to do everything, and it showed. But I am always going to root for Lamar because I see a Louisville Cardinal. I don't see a Baltimore River. So Lamar, you ever hear this man, Lamarvelous Jackson from Pompa Beach, Florida? That bad man number eight. Go win your Super Bowl and get your MVP and shut this narrative up about it because I'm sick of hearing it. I'm, uh, and I, you know what? I love defending you, but I just want to rub in people's face like, yeah, hey, running back, just not bad for a running back. Not bad for a running back. Yeah, a running back going to get an MVP and a Super Bowl MVP and a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> God, I can't wait, man, because I just got a feeling. Now, I'm going to talk about the other AFC game instead of going chron- chron- uh, in order chronically. With Saturday games, I'm just going to talk about the the Bills and the Chiefs next. You know, there's been a lot of talk about this game, and uh, 
a lot of questions on uh, the question the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, which I think is ridiculous. They got to finally play a role playoff game in Buffalo. They got to play a role playoff game in Buffalo. And I'm sitting here thinking, relax. Josh Allen is going to make a Josh Allen mistake. And I'm watching this game in the first half before I went to bed because I had to work that night. And I had to lay down for a couple hours before I went in. Look, you watch this game, right? Patrick Mahomes didn't play particularly well in the first half, but he didn't play too bad either. If it makes, he played solid. Josh Allen played well, Deacon and Duncan, and not rushing things, running out of pocket, scrambling. And what happened? Josh Allen in the second half went back to his old ways, forcing things, dropping. And I mean, and of course, the Stephon Diggs dropped a, a bomb that would have turned the game around, basically. And then Sean McDermott's play calling that fake punt. And I, and I, I, when I said I didn't watch the game, I went home and watched the highlights so I can watch for the game, talk about it on here. But it was just like dumb. Like once again, I think it's Kansas City did themselves did win this game and they fought to win this game. But it's the majority of it, it's more 60-40 Buffalo. Buffalo blew it. That was their chance right there to get to the AFC Championship game to play Baltimore. It probably, and I'll be honest, I think Buffalo would have matched up better with Baltimore than Kansas City was because I think Kansas City is a little rattled. I think they're going to have they're going to play their best game. They're going to play a lights out game as there's a car rolling around here on on outside. If you didn't hear it, I apologize. But I think Buffalo matched up better with Baltimore than Kansas City does. Yes, I know Kansas City has Patrick Mahomes. Yes, I don't have Travis Kelsey, but. Prayer for football on both sides of the field. I, on both sides of the field, defense and offensively, I always thought I thought Buffalo matched up better with Baltimore, in my opinion. Back to what I was saying, though. Josh Allen blew it. Sean McDermott's play call, but questionable decision-making blew it. Stephon Diggs dropping passes blew it. Like, the Buffalo Bills blew it. They have blown it. And it's like, to the point now, I'm like, you know, we talk about Mike McCarthy. In Dallas, who I don't understand how he's keeping his job in Dallas, and I don't call for any man being fired unless you got you got to produce in a certain way. But Mike McCarthy is still got to job the Cowboys, so I don't want to hear a word about Sean McDermott getting fired because Sean, if, if McCarthy can keep his job, then Sean McDermott can. That being said, do I think Sean McDermott's job should be in question? Yeah, but if McCarthy can keep his job, why can't McDermott? That's what that's where I'm going with it, and. I still think Buffalo has got some decision-making. Dude, Stephon Diggs, there's been rumors about the Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen not getting along and not being on the same page, basically, or whatever. Does Buffalo trade Stephon Diggs and get something out of him? Because let's be honest, they got two really good tight ends. Kincaid and, and Dawson are really, uh, is it Dawson or not? Whatever it is. Uh, not, what's this? The other tight end they got, it, somebody in the chat uh, taught me up. But, And you look at that, they got guys, but outside of that, Gabe Davis was inactive, wasn't healthy. So you got to go out and get somebody. I think T. Higgins is the answer. I think that could help them. But can they afford them? I don't know. I think their defense is pretty good. They did a really good job. I think their secondary needs a couple works here and there. But overall, Buffalo, they, they, they built a hell of a culture. But the Buffalo Bills are there. But man, I mean, you know, it's like you got to figure something's got to give on this one, man. You had Kansas City, man. You had the Chiefs. So yeah, but to Kansas City's credit, they pulled through and got the win as well. So I got to give them credit. And by the way, we must do everything as a human race to protect Jason Kelsey. 
the brother of Travis Kelsey. That is one of the greatest human beings I've ever seen. That man is recently retired and was at that game the other day cheering his brother on. Jason Kelsey is a great human being. I am a big fan. And by the way, their new Heights podcast with them they do together is fucking awesome. I love that podcast. Love it. And Jason's a great guy, too. He's fucking hilarious, too. But, that being said, Baltimore, Kansas City. Who am I going with? Rolling with the Ravens, y'all. I just think it's Baltimore's time. I think Kansas City is going to show up and they're going to play their ass all. I think it's going to be a good game. But I think Baltimore will pull away within the third. Will pull away late and will get the win. I think it'll be a tight game. I think it's going to be a. I think it's going to be. It's going to come down to a big play where it's either a drop pass, a big penalty, or a turnover. It's going to decide this game. I really do. Now to the NFC and. Now let's get to the NFC. The 49ers, the Green Bay Packers. And I was say I saw that spread for that game was nine and a half points for the 49ers. And I thought to myself, mm, that's a little too high. I said I, I could see a five-point spread, but nine and a half, I didn't see it. And Green Bay blew this game. This is a game where I say Green Bay this, this is no question about it. Green Bay blew it. Green Bay had these guys. Do I think the 49ers, if Debo Samuels was healthy, would that game be a three-point lead? No, I think Debo, if Debo was healthy, I think this game could have got away from him real quick. That being said, Green Bay is a lot like the Houston Texans. They're rebuilding, but they did a great job. Jordan Love is the real deal. I saw him play the Steelers this past year, this past season earlier this season, and I thought to myself, yep, I can see why they let Rodgers go. This kid can play. Jordan Love's got a lot of talent, and I think Jones and those guys, I think if Aaron Jones stays healthy, I think that's big. I think they need – Watson's a good receiver. I think they need – their tight ends are good. I think they got some guys. I think they might need to add something more to the offense, maybe add another – maybe get rid of A.J. Dillon, bring in Derrick Henry or something like that to go around with Aaron Jones or just, just a good, solid piece I think would work. Um, defensively, Jair Alexander from Louisville. They got certain. They got guys there. I think they need some more pass rushing up front. I think that could help them. But Green Bay was right there, man. I mean, everybody wants to get on a rookie kicker. I mean, the kicker to listen to the game. Look, and I, you know, these sports analysts get so like I love Stephen A. Smith to death, but he's like, I'm just so sick of kickers. You got one job to do. You know how hard it is to kick that damn football. How hard it is. It's hard. Y'all make it seem like it's so easy. Like, it's, it's hard to kick that fucking football through a goalpost. It's really hard. I mean, I tried it, and it sucks. You can't get – it's a certain way. It, it's hard. It's very hard to do that as I take a drink of my tea real quick. But that, that whole thing is ridiculous. The 49ers, man, offensively, they got a lot of talent. I do think they are beat up with injuries. I think Debo is not healthy, obviously. And I think Christian McCaffrey is not healthy. And that could be big next week with them playing Detroit, the Detroit Lions. Speaking of Detroit and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, anybody knows me personally, I said I have been the biggest critic of Baker Mayfield. The biggest critic. That being said, Tampa Bay, you better get Baker Mayfield his money. Baker Mayfield, thank, I'm going to say this, and I never thought I'd say this, Thank God you got out of Cleveland because it proved the world you deserved a chance outside. 
and you did you got screwed around Carolina. The Rams, you were a backup. You did you did a couple things there for the Rams, but this is what you were supposed to do from day one as the number one pick, and you did it. You did a hell of a job. I know you had the two picks, but Baker, man, keep battling. And if Tampa Bay's smart, you bring them back and you pay them, man. Because I think they play well together, and Baker's done a hell of a job. And Todd Bowles has done a hell of a job as a coach, man. You know, everybody was questioning his coaching. Look, they went 9-8, and eight, won their division, beat the Philadelphia Eagles, who were struggling, but they still won a playoff game. And they were literally a couple turnovers away from possibly winning that game against the Detroit Lions. Now, I know a lot of people were questioning the, the two-point conversion thing there. Analytically, Chris Collinsworth brought, broke it down a little bit better than I could. So go back and watch the tape and hear what he said. Maybe he can break it down better than I can, so I'm not going to address it. But I kind of get what Collinsworth was saying about it. That being said, Dan Campbell has single-handedly became, outside of Mike Tom, my favorite football coach. I love Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell has single-handedly turned this franchise around. The city is rallied around. Detroit has been starving for something like this with the Lions for years. And I'm so glad they got it, man. Not only did they break their playoff streak, but they're going to the NFC Championship game, and they got a chance to play. They got a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And do I think they're going to beat San Francisco? I don't know, man. I think that's too tall of a task. Do I think their running game with Gibbs and Montgomery, if they can get between the tackles and make some plays against the 49ers, can work? Yes, I think it can. But the problem is, can Jared Goff not make any mistakes? That's the big question here. And can Detroit's defense do a good enough job to slow down McCaffrey if he if he's 100% and he's ready to go and Debo and these guys? That's the thing. That's what I'm looking at. So, with that being said, I'm rooting for Detroit, but do I think they beat the 49ers? No, I don't think they do. But I hope I come back next week and say congratulations to the Detroit Lions on make it to your to make it to the Super Bowl. So, that's my NFL playoff recap. It was quick and easy, and that's what we're going to go with. Next thing on the list, WWE, man. They keep making money, brother. Money, money, money. Money. They just announced today that starting January 2025, they will be officially taking Monday Night Raw to streaming service Netflix worth $5 billion. Tell you right now about Endeavor and TKO. WWE with UFC, Endeavor, and TKO, that, that merger, huh, they are knocking the shit out of this stuff, man. $5 billion deal to streaming on Netflix? Shit. Now you mad about it, guys. Think about it, man. It's probably going to, I mean, that is awesome. They're going to do this. Getting to stream it for $5 billion. Whew, the industry, the world. Look, I'm one of those guys that I don't think everything should go to streaming services. I'm more about going to theater and supporting things and, you know, cable television is, you know, and all that other stuff. But at the same time, hey, man, go make your money. I'm not mad at the world. This is where the world's going. So good for trip. Good for, good for WWE and their business, man. Their business is booming right now. Their television has been great lately. Building up to the rumble. I mean, you can't say nothing bad about it. And then they announced today that TKO has a new head head of board of directors, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Yes, The Rock. And The Rock officially has his full rights to his name now, too. So that's also a situation where I'm going like, hmm, is TKO about to merge and do some business with Seven Bucks Production, Rock's motion picture movie company? And WrestleMania's right around the corner, so you know something must be cooking with that, too, as well. Huh. <laughs> 
Mm-mm. Some good things are coming. All right. You want to talk about the Royal Rumble? The preview for the Royal Rumble. Something that everybody has been wanting to talk about. You know, everybody says that it, the big four originally were Mania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, and the Royal Rumble. They're always the big four. They still are. Now, everybody talks about like the, the second biggest show of the year is SummerSlam. I've always stated this. The Royal Rumble outside of WrestleMania, that is their biggest show. The Rumble sets a tone for the year for, for WWE, and it, it has. And I am very, very excited for the Rumble this year. There's only four matches announced. A fatal four-way for the, the, the Universal Championship with Roman Reigns against Defenders Tile against LA Knight, Randy Orton, and AJ Styles. Logan Paul versus Kevin Owens for the U.S. title. And the two women, the two Rumble matches. So we're only getting four matches on the card. Which means two things. We're going to get two big-ass epic moments, two long-standing Rumbles, Rumble matches. And we're going to get two championship matches that are going to take their time and tell a story, not rush things. That makes me very, 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 very happy. Very happy. And I'm excited for it. And I am here to announce what is the big preview for the Rumble. And this is what what I was saying. I got a phone call from my buddy Price Johnson, a.k.a. Trip, And he called me on the phone. He says, big man, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, how about you come over? Let's watch the Rumble in my crib. Let's get some pizza. And let's just hang out and watch the Rumble like we always do. I said, hell yeah, brother. And then I got the great idea. And I was at work, and I text him, and I said, hey, man, how do you feel about me bringing a laptop over? We're doing a Facebook Live session, and I hit the record button on this microphone, and you can hear the audio of it on the following day on Sunday. And Trip, without doubt, said, sounds like a sick-ass idea. Let's do it. So, yes, ladies and gentlemen, not only will you be getting my commentary the following, just right after the event over is over on Facebook Live, you will hear that Facebook Live session on audio the following morning at Sunday at 9 a.m. So, yes, that is the announcement. And Tripp and I have talked about also doing some more things with wrestling on another platform. We've been talking, and I'm very excited about it. So, yes, that that is something I want to talk that I am very excited about, man. And then, speaking of WWE, we're going to stay on the subject. WWE 2K24 finally released March 5th, the day after my birthday. Wink, wink. Um, WWE 2K24. Arguably the number one, the the only wrestling video game that actually matters. I mean, sorry, AEW Fight Forever is fucking horrible. Everybody knows it. It's a shitty game. It has no replay value. But, WWE 2K24 is coming out and they made their announcement who the cover athletes are and the cover athletes were announced on the standard edition would be Cody Rhodes figure that and the deluxe edition would be Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair but then there was the malt the digital edition only exclusive the $120 the mega the super deluxe edition as I like to call it and it has the 40 years of WrestleMania logo. And it is a beautiful, beautiful logo. Go look it up right now and you'll see what I'm talking about. And it basically, this is what they have announced for the game. And I'm going to pull it up right here on my phone for you guys. Let's see. 
So, this is what WWE 2K24, as I pull it up, this is what they, they have. The standard edition, as I say, is just pre-order. You get, uh, if you get this, you get one month of Peacock. One month of Peacock. And this is the standard, the standard pre-order only. This is the pre-order, uh, pre-order bonus content. You get the Nightmare Family Pack, which includes a 1976 version of Dusty Rhodes, plus a My Faction card, Stardust, Undashing Cody Rhodes, Superstar Billy Graham, Superstar. You finally getting some love and getting in a WWE game, thank God. A Mattel Bruce. Uh, Cody Rhodes playable, which character, which is when he tore his peck, and a My Facts card, and a Feral Manager card. Okay. The digital edition. The digital edition. You get the Nightmare Pack, and that's really it. You get that. But, if you get the 40 Years of WrestleMania edition, which is, it's digital only, you get the nightmare pack and all that. Actually, hold up. Let me go back and look at. Let me click on this. Hold up. Wait a minute. Oh, here it is. So, I'm going back to Deluxe Edition content. has the Season Pass, which is five DLC packs. My Rise Mega Boost. Supercharger. Rhea Ripley, My Faction Evo card. Bianca Belair, My Faction Evo card. And Rhea Ripley's alternate attire. And so is attire and Bianca Belair's alternate attire. And, of course, they got the Nightmare Film Pack. Now, the WrestleMania. Now, go back to the WrestleMania one. And I read this last night. And this is what the WrestleMania pack has. It has the Nightmare Family Pack, the Deluxe Edition, the one-month purchase of Peacock, which is free, and and it finally has one more, the 40 Years of WrestleMania Pack, which is you unlock all the Superstar, Showcase Superstar roster unlock, Rest, the, 40, the WrestleMania 40 Arena, Macho Man King Randy Savage is WrestleMania 6 entire. Rey Mysterio's WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania 22. Triple H WrestleMania 30. Charlotte WrestleMania 30. Charlotte Flair WrestleMania 33. Ray Ripley WrestleMania 36. And Gold My Faction for all the cards above. So basically, that costs, I believe it is $120. As I go to places to see how much it costs, it costs 120 bucks. And I am going to get that edition. I'm going to pre-order here soon. I can't wait to play it. It looks pretty badass in my opinion. And I, one of my things I want to do, I talked about my Twitch channel before, but that was one of the things I've been wanting to do. What first game would I want to do a big big stream on? And that's probably going to be the game. I originally was going to play in the Suicide Squad. My Twitch channel is getting there, but it's not ready in time yet for that. So I think the Suicide Squad game will be an excellent excellent uh i mean excuse me the w2k24 will be an excellent entry to the twitch world for me so i'm extremely excited for the game the trailer looks badass we're getting a showcase mode for 40 years of wrestlemania uh for 40 years of wrestlemania i am one of the guys that thought we would get a bray wyatt thing a bray wyatt tribute but even though unfortunately bray wyatt passed away I think in obviously in September, so there wasn't something you can get. They I don't think they they already had this game halfway made at this point. So yeah, and of course I'm one of the guys that would love to see an Undertaker only showcase, which would be awesome, like I did with 2K16 with Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
But I don't think it's ever going to, I don't think that will happen because the takers, how long his career is and certain guys are not with the company anymore that were. So, yeah. Got a couple more things to talk about and then we're going to get, I'm going to get you guys out of here. So, the EA Sports finally made a release date for college football. EA Sports College Football, the video game. It came out the other day. There was a rumor that there was a release date. There was a rumor that in, it would be. There was a report that on the two uh, the second Tuesday of July, the EA Sports College Football video game was going to be re- released, but there was that was turned out to be a false information, and this is what I read. In an official statement from EA Sports following the lawsuit, the game studio confirmed EA Sports College Football is coming in the summer of 2024. We are pleased to move on from these claims and looking forward to deliver the game in college, EA Sports College Football in summer 2024. And then it was reported that a Florida Gators insider announced that it would happen on Friday, July 12th. And... I've and I've have actually had contact with somebody who worked has a friend that works in EA, and that's not the date either. I'm gonna say that that date will be towards the end of July, in the beginning or the second week of August, right before the season starts. I think that is when the game will drop. Now that being said, that is my favorite sports franchise of all time. I love the college football games. And I can't wait to play it because I'm so burned out on Madden. I'm so it's so cheaply, cheaply redone over and over again. I think college football, even though it's the same game engine as Madden, it's a different game. And I literally cannot wait to play it. And I'm excited to play it. And I will stream the hell out of it too when it gets on, on my uh, I'm gonna on Twitch. And I'm excited that we're gonna get it. Obviously, I'm gonna take I'm gonna win about 14 national chart titles with the University of Louisville. Obviously, it's gonna be a great time, and I might do the Road to Glory mode, but Dynasty is gonna be my thing. Building that's gonna be what I want to do. And the last thing I gotta talk about today is the Indiana Pacers, since I live here in Indianapolis, made a trade and got Pascal Siakam for Bruce Brown, Jordan Orr, former Louisville Cardinal, and three first round picks. I'm a fan of the trade. I think it's a great trade for the Pacers. The Pacers needed another score besides Tyrese Halliburton taking all all the heat of scoring consistently. Even though I think Matherin, Brandon Matherin can be that guy. I think he has ability. But I think Sayakam is a guy ready now. And I think he fits well because Halliburton's going to give him the ball. That being said, do I think it makes the Pacers a top three team in the Eastern Conference? I think it can if they get off the right track and stay healthy. Do I think they can beat the Boston Celtics in a seven-game series? No. Do I think they beat can beat the Milwaukee Bucks in a seven-game series, even though they're three and one the season with them? I don't think so. I think it's a different story. Do I think they can beat Philadelphia? Yes. Even though Joel Embiid went off for seventy last night, my God, man. Embiid might win MVP this year, man. He's playing like he wants another one. Damn, what a year he's having. But the Pacers made a right move, I think. I think it was a right move to go with that that situation and to keep going that way. And I am just very ecstatic and excited that the Pacers made that move because now they went and said, you know, hell with it. Let's take – and I know a lot of people are complaining about the three first-round picks. 
you look at the draft class the next year, year next the next for this year, next year, they're it's not that strong. Talent wise, it isn't there, especially this season. So I don't mind them getting rid of the picks. I mean, they're gonna and I mean it ain't like their picks are gonna be high anyway. I mean, they're gonna make the fucking playoffs. So what's the point? So and by the way, I want to say this about the Raptors. The Raptors are doing a hell of a job rebuilding. I like what they've done. Getting Emmanuel quickly and RJ Barrett from the Knicks the way they did. And then turning around and getting um and then getting and getting guys getting a Bruce Brown a Bruce Brown to go with uh Bruce Brown to go with um and Nora to go with uh for Siakam. They they're doing a good job, man. They're they're rebuilding the right way. They're they're building that team around Scotty Barnes, which they should, because he I think Scotty Barnes is one of the a top ten future best a, t- a top ten future top a top a future top ten to twenty player in the NBA. I think he's that talented. Scotty Barnes can play, man. He's very talented. So yeah. So guys, that's a quick, easy episode for you guys today. I didn't have a lot to talk about this week. Kind of just had a lot going on. And that being said, guys, like I always quote the end of my shows, I don't bullshit. I just tell it like it is straight up. Have a good one, y'all.